Hey, babe. Randy. What's the matter with you? Why didn't you call me first? Well, you know, it slipped my mind. I really didn't think it was that important, but I will tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to reach in my pocket, I'm going to get a dime, I'm going to go down to the phone booth, I'm going to make a phone call, come right back up and talk to Damn you. Damn it, why do you always barge in like that? You shouldn't talk like that. Don't tell me what to do. You have no control over my life. I could see anybody I want to, okay? I'm sorry, I... I didn't think it was that big a deal. Look, I have to go to bed now. Hey, come on, kid. I love you. That's all I wanted to say. I love you. So we can see. Hey, hey. We can see you again. You can't. What? Don't do that to me. You can't save me anymore. Is it your father? Is it your mother? Just let me talk to them. I can really fix it. No, them. there's nothing to fix. It's not them. It's not them at all. It's me, okay? I can't see you anymore, okay? Okay. Okay. I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what this is. It's your fucking friends, right? Shit, Julie. I mean, what is this? It's between you and me, not between the rest of the fucking world. So fuck off. Well, fuck you! Now, fuck off for sure! Like, totally! That's Nicolas Cage in Valley Girl, one of five new films we'll be talking about today on an all-new episode of Just Cow in the City. everybody and welcome to another episode of just cow in the city i am dave just cow and i am here this uh morning i'm taping in the morning and uh, because uh, everything's different today the opening all that kind of stuff because i was uh, yesterday I had to go to a funeral so it screwed up my fridays in which i usually uh, tape the podcast but it's a, and don't panic. I don't care. You know, when you say to people you have to go to a funeral and you're dressed in a jacket and tie, they're like, oh, look at you. Would you go to a funeral today? I'm like, yes, I did. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. But I don't care. Everybody knows I enjoy funerals very much. And uh, I had a good time. But uh, people feel really awkward about it, but I never do. In fact, when people tell me that somebody died, I go, ha, 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 you're kidding, right? But they're not. I couldn't figure out whether I should. Go, you know, I was going, this was one of the Thursdays going to my mom's, then I was going to class. And I'm like, well, it turned out that the the funeral was down around where I grew up in, in Woodbridge, New Jersey, where my grandparents are buried. It was the exact same place. So I'm like, well, I'll go to, a lot of times, you know, if it's somebody you just don't know that well, there's no reason to go to also the cemetery as well. But I'm like, well, I'll go visit my uh, grandparents. I don't think I've been there since 1981. So why not? And then I'll go visit Rhoda. It's perfect. 
And that's exactly what I did. So the person that died was this guy named Al Martin. Maybe you heard about it. Maybe you haven't. He was kind of a slumlord comedy person. Uh, what do you say? Slumlord comedy club owner. And that that's a rude way of saying it because he was a nice guy. But he runs these pretty bad or he owns these pretty bad comedy clubs in the sense of the way they're kept up and they're a little dirty and the people that perform there aren't very good. So it's mostly D-list comics and things like that, which is where I fit in. So that's why I love the guy and I had to go. No, he was a nice guy. He was very, very fat, very fat and smoked cigars. So, you know, was it a surprise in the sense of a shock that he died? Maybe, but not really. You know, nobody's like totally surprised when you're that heavy. You know, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised if I died because they know my eating habits, but. It's, you know, it's even worse when you're, I I know I'm fat, but sometimes I can appear not as fat. This guy was fat. He was a big guy, but he was a a nice guy. I've known him since the late goddamn 80s, I think, or very early 90s when he owned a comedy club on 2nd Avenue, the New York Comedy Club, the first New York Comedy Club on 2nd Avenue, like 47th Street, which is so weird that it's around where I live now. Then he moved to a place on 24th and 2nd which is still there, but now owned by another person. And then he got this Broadway comedy club, which is on 53rd and 8th, and the Greenwich Village Comedy Club, which is actually on McDougal Street, rivaling the Comedy Cellar. When I say rivaling, rivaling in the worst way. They get a lot of traffic because people don't get into the Comedy Cellar, so they go down the street and they see another comedy club, and boy, are they in for a surprise when they get there because really most of the comics are just got off. And like I said, he didn't really care about the upkeep of the place or anything. So that made people not want to go in a lot too, which is problematic. But again, he was nice to me. I did like him a lot. And me and my friend, Chris Murphy, Chris Murphy was very close with him. So it's sad. And the weird part was he was down there and I th- he was down in Florida where Al finally moved. And I think Murphy had dinner with him a couple days ago, and then he was dead. It's just that's that's always when it's weird. You know, you just but what are you talking about? How could that be? I just saw him two days ago, you know. So I'm like, you know, all through the comedy world, everybody's talking about it. And when I say everybody, I mean, not the people you would know. You know, Sarah didn't call and be like, did you hear about Al Martin? Meanwhile. Sarah and him had a feud and and the rabbi mentioned did the rabbi or his brother mention it. They mentioned it at the funeral because I think she was saying he doesn't pay women the same or something like that. And they actually mentioned and then they all looked at me and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not friends with her. Uh, we were friends in the 90s. I don't even know who Sarah Silverman is. <laughs> with that all being said, hope you're watching stupid Petrix. So I said, well, you know, I really do. I've been part of his family, I guess, for a while, because I'm very close with his daughter, who now runs the Greenwich Village Comedy Club. And then he had a son that transitioned into a daughter, which is awkward. And she, he kind of runs the Broadway Comedy Club, uh, whatever. But uh, I've known these kids since they were little, and now they're a little bit grown up, and I don't know. But I like the girl. Melinda is my friend. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to this funeral for her. 
because it's the right thing to do. I've always liked her. I've always been looking out for her in a way. She's got a lot of uh, health problems and things like that. I like her. Plus, my friend Tiffany would be there, and I'll go for those guys. So even though I did not want, the last thing I wanted to do was do anything on my one day off I have now, which is Fridays. As you know, I work six full days a week. I was like, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can do this. It takes all my effort because remember, again, it's getting into the car, going to Jersey, dressing up in a suit, you know, all the stuff you don't want to do on your day off. So I got everything together and, and I put on this, uh, white shirt that I'm like that I usually use for when I put on a suit and I'm like this doesn't fit at all anymore I'm in big trouble and found a shirt I hadn't used maybe in 20 years that I found in a pile that was still on the plastic and I'm like well hopefully this will work and it did it was fantastic I think it's my dry cleaner I think they wash instead of dry clean although I don't know what the difference is so I think they're shrinking but anyway this one worked perfect and um, I looked good enough got to the place of course ridiculously early but it, it turns out it's good i did because melinda grabbed me and she's like oh my god just please come with me please hang out with me i cannot i just cannot deal with any of these comics right now and she's saying any of these comics meaning the d-list bunch of comics which would be the most depressing thing i'd like to think at my funeral <laughs> it will be at least uh you know I mean, for real, it'll at least be some quality comics. I, I guarantee Sam Morell would come and Mark Norman. Of course, Rachel would be there. Who knows if Sarah flies in for something like that? I don't think so. But I'm saying at least it'll be the quality, top-of-the-line comedy seller people who still live in New York comics. I bet you Colin Quinn would come and stuff like that, and and obviously Gnome and Esty. So, so that's good. But in this one... Oy, so I couldn't blame her, and I was, as soon as she brought me over, she kind of wanted me to hide her and talk to me, and I, you know, I don't even know what to say. I, I felt, okay, I totally did the right thing. I I guess she was feeling similar in that sense, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess it did mean something for me to go. So then I felt like, okay, this was all worth it, all this trying to be like, well, am I going to make this full day and everything? So we went, and... uh it was all right. The funny thing is that my friend Kenny actually works for Al's brother. You know, my friend Kenny, who I've talked about on this podcast for years. We go out for dinner. He used to live in the building and his wife, Jody, and he works for Al's brother. And I'd never met him. And the funny thing is, <laughs> I don't know. You can look at this either way. I never met the guy before, but I'm very close with Kenny. So I, of course, want to say, hey, you know, I'm friends with Kenny. And the time I picked to go is at the gravesite. Like the, the ceremony is completely over. But his brother is watching the guys cover the casket with dirt, okay? And it's clearly he's watching because they're very, very Orthodox Jewish. And they're watching because I, I could see, I thought it was guys that worked at the gravesite or the cemetery. But then I saw they had yarmulkes on. So I'm like, I think these are private contractors to do this. So everybody's gone, and I thought I had missed my opportunity to say hello. And then I went over, and he's watching his brother being buried in the casket. And uh, I come over, hey, hey, this guy. <laughs> and I go, uh, listen, I, I know this is probably the worst time, but my name is Dave Jeskow, and I'm friends with Kenny. And he was really nice. He's like, oh, my God. 
I love Kenny, you know, and he's like, oh, I work. Yeah, I, I, he was actually in a good mood or maybe I put him in a good mood. I don't know. Maybe I spread joy yesterday, finally, uh, for the, all the horribleness I bring to uh, most of the people that know me. But uh, it was really nice to see. And I'm glad. But it was just such I'm like, yeah, I guess it's a little awkward time to meet. But uh, I mean, it was really weird. This isn't just going up to somebody at a funeral and saying, hey, you know, I knew your brother or whatever. Um, this is <laughs> he's watching the guys put dirt on his brother's grave. And I'm like, how are you? <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> pretty fucked up. But then I just I, I went into the office before I got there and said, hey, can you tell me where my grandfather's uh, gravesite is? And they were very nice. And they told me and it was right where they were burying Al. So I walked over and it was really funny. It was, it was so ridiculous. I'm standing there and it's my grandparents, I guess, have a flat stone. So it's not a. What what do, you, what do you call those? You know the, the the headstones, and so I'm just sitting there in a the midst of flatstones. So I'm why there's only it, it looks like the night of the living dead. There's one guy in the graveyard. It looks creepy, and everybody is driving by. And they're like, "What are you hitchhiking? Hey, jerk off from the uh, funeral." That's their way of the exit. So it was kind of embarrassing. But then and then people are like, "Oh, my grandparents are here." I'm saying, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't I'm like 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 I could give a shit." I never apologize for that. I don't care. That's what I did yesterday. And I just uh, felt like, wow, I guess I accomplished quite a bit today. And then I'll go to my mother's and around three o'clock spend. And that way I have an easy out because she has a dinner at five. And then this 105 year old woman comes into her apartment yesterday and I know she can't hear. So I'm talking really loud. And I'm like, is this okay? Because I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful, but I know she can't hear, so I'm talking really loud. And then after she left, I kept talking to my mother like that. I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm still screaming. I just can't stop now. Once you start talking really loud to somebody who can't hear, you end up, uh, my friend Monica told me that yesterday too. She understood, I guess her dad had the same issue. And then you find yourself talking real loud for the next 10 to 15 minutes to people because you're just talking. You just conditioned yourself to feel that way. So then afterwards, I asked my friend Chris Donnie and his wife, Monica, who was just talking about if they want to go to Kelly's so I could have the gobbler and they were available and I was excited. And my friend Lou came too. So, oh, I went to town. I had four beers because they had actual black and tans. Well, no, no, no. Okay, now we got it. They had half and halves because they had harp, but not bass. So harp and Guinness is a half and half. Bass and Guinness is a black and tan. I always forget which is which. And nobody has harp or bass anymore except a good quality Irish bar like this, which opens at 7 a.m. I got to get down there one day, maybe on another Friday, get down there around 8 a.m., just start drinking. Just seems like the right thing to do. Am I right? I know people were like, why does he feel that that would be the right thing to do? I'm like, I don't know why. I just feel like uh, it is. So I get there. I had four beers and then Chris and Monica ordered nachos. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. And I ordered wings too. I don't know why. Because remember last time I had the sushi and they're like, well, you have to go up and get it. I'm like, why don't you get it for me? <laughs> Monica got it for me last time. But right. What are you having sushi at? Just because there was a guy in the sushi. Whatever. The nachos, wait do you see on the bonus show, they come out, they, they were the greatest nachos I've ever had, 
They but the way they come out in a a pan, they don't even bother putting on a plate. They put it in a pan, a metal pan. And you got to use a knife to get it out of there. It was fantastic. I was like, what the hell? This is unbelievable. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> For nachos, it really was good. I ate that. And then it's like, wait, now you're going to have the gobbler? I'm like, you got that right. When that gobbler comes out, it was fantastic. And then I finished that, and I was still ready to party. And then those guys left. Then I started to crash a little bit because I was on my fourth beer, and I had the gobbler and the nachos and the wings. And then I started to, I'm like, maybe I should go because I got to drive home. Uh, this isn't good. <laughs> but, but it was so early. You know, I got, got there at 6 o'clock. I was already gone by 8. I was home by like 10 o'clock. And it was so easy to get home, which was nice. But besides that, it's really funny. I saw people I hadn't seen since the early 90s at that funeral and everything. And not people I care to see. You know, I'm pretty good, as you know, about keeping in touch with people that I actually want to spend time with. So I was doing okay for myself. I saw this one guy I hadn't seen in a long time. And he goes, hey, it's good to see you. He's like, how are you getting home? And I'm like, uh, I'm not going home. He's like, oh, I need a ride. I'll see you later. And then he walks away because everybody wants a ride home. Why wouldn't they? And everybody has better cars than I do. Even the, the comics or people that I think aren't doing very well, they all have better cars. It was very embarrassing getting into my car, especially now that it's all smashed up. More embarrassing when everybody seemed to have nicer cars. That's why I was glad that I left after everybody else. Nobody nobody saw me get into my car, which normally I really don't care about, but well, everybody has such new, nice cars. Boy, that'll be the day, huh? Having a nice new car. Oh, man, I live for that day. Spoke. Welcome aboard. Glad you made it. You look like your voice on the phone. Just how you are to look. And those are the clients right over there. They can't miss you. You too. Go ahead, baby. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hi there, Joe Clay. We spoke earlier. Oh, you're the, uh... the very one. So you see those gentlemen right in there. They're waiting to host you. Hoist me, did you say? Well, anything for a lift. Do me a good deed. Magic time. Anyway, that all being said, that was yesterday. Let's go back to last Friday where I left you when we went to go see my sister and, and I and our friend Mark and two other idiots went to go see Days of Wine and Roses. Like, you know, these two idiots, um, they're like, oh, we don't need to see Back to the Future. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You better see Back to the... You're not understanding the greatness of Back to the Future, the musical, you idiots. Boy, was I angry. I gave it to them, but good. They're like, really? It's that good? I'm like, yes, it's that good, you snobby bastards. 
So this, uh, so yeah, we. I mean, this is Days of Wine and Rose, right? So there's a movie from the '60s with Jack Lemmon. It's real serious, and um, and it's all about alcoholism and stuff. So you know, I know I'm not gonna like this musical, or it's gonna be rough. And it was okay. I mean, the two leads, uh, what's her name, Kelly O'Hara, I think, and Brian DRC, they they were excellent. I mean, they they're professionals, so they were fine. But the play sucked. Like it didn't suck. But I was looking at my watch. It's a one act. I mean, one act just didn't have an intermission. It's basically a two act play, but it doesn't have an intermission. So it goes for an hour and 50 minutes. And you're like, well, that's good. And I like that it didn't have an intermission because I probably wouldn't have come back at around nine o'clock. So it starts at eight at nine o'clock. I look at my watch and my sister told me the same thing. She looked at hers about 915 when you're waiting for it to end. And then I looked at it at 930. And I'm like, oh, God, thank God there's only 20 minutes. I mean, so that's a bad play. It, like, it's not, uh, it's hard to explain. It just was boring and it wasn't working. And if my sister's looking at hers too, then I think we were all in agreement that the leads were good. It's okay. I couldn't, none of the songs resonated at all. It's more like an opera in a way. Couldn't recommend it to anyone unless you like to just see everything that's on Broadway. And in that sense, uh, you know, it was okay because at least the leads are professional. But, yeah, I, I would never see it again. I would, I, you know, the only way I'd see it again is somebody had a free ticket and I was like, oh, all right, I'll come with you. I mean, I couldn't even imagine sitting through that crap again. Yeah, it was pretty crappy. Because that's the funny thing. It's one of those things. It's like not bad. But, you know, why? Why even making it? So it was pretty stupid. And then I was sitting, we were sitting, you know, in the fourth row or something. And some guy comes in and there's always somebody comes in late who's sitting next to me. Not late, late, but just before the show. So fat guy. So I'm more squeezed in. And of course, he's the only guy in the entire theater of the show that sneezed. And I'm like, you got to be goddamn kidding me. And, and he sneezed, and I go, ew. And then he started scraping, like he was carrying a can of seltzer, and he started scraping, like uh, putting his nails. I mean, it, it, he was horrible. Everybody who goes to a show is pretty uncool. And then Beth's friend, her stupid watch kept going off. Like, I could see the light, but it was at the end, so I didn't say anything. But that's the worst, too. It's like, you can't see that your light on your watch is on. Turn it around. People are just totally disrespectful. It's really awful. And then they didn't even come out after. I don't know what they were doing. They're like, oh, we have to work in the morning. I'm like, I work in the morning, and I work earlier than you do, so why don't you shut up? And it's not like they were going back to Jersey. They were staying in the city, even though I think they're my sister's friends from Jersey. But uh, we went out after, me, Mark, and Beth, and we had a really nice time. We had some wings. We had a whole bunch of appetizers and a uh, black and tan. My sister and I both had. Where we go? McGee's. Well, first we went up to see Sheba Mason. My sister had never met Sheba Mason. So we went up to her room to see if she was there. And she wasn't uh, because I wanted her to meet her because that would have been hilarious because I've been talking about her for years. Meanwhile, Sheba was not invited. Like she was going to come to the funeral. But Al's wife and daughter hate her. And I don't think she knows that. Thank God she didn't come because they might have thrown her out. They hate her. So I know she doesn't know. Like, she must know, but she's stupid about that kind of stuff and just doesn't and goes on with her life. So that was, damn it. 
you know, I love that kind of stuff when that happens at funerals and then there's drama, but it didn't happen. So Saturday after work, I still had a lot of stuff to get done. I don't think I'd finished the podcast yet or, or editing it. And then I had stuff for school and I just had a lot of stuff. So I was working until about eight o'clock at night on Saturday. Cause you know, I don't care about going out on Saturday nights because I go out uh, every night of the week. Am I right? It don't matter to me. So I'm sitting around and this is what I do on Saturdays. And I've told you this before and I'm watching different strokes, right? I don't know. I'm on the rewind network. It comes on after Sabrina, the teenager. I don't know what to watch. I'm watching stuff. Cause I know I'm going to doze off. So I can't commit to a movie. Uh, all this kind of nonsense, right? So I'm watching different strokes. I'm like, I don't want to watch different strokes, especially season eight, where they bring in that new redheaded kid, Sam. So this is the season pilot, the se- the season, the last season. Oh God, what do you call it? Uh, not a pilot. The, the, the first episode, the last season, whatever. The se- the season premiere. It's like I was reading up on it, different strokes, which I didn't know invented. The very special episode, because we all know the episode with Gordon Jump and Dudley and, you know, the uh, child molestation. We all know about that one. Apparently, they invented the very special episode. So this one, I don't know how you open with a very special episode. It's so stupid. And in this one, the little kid who they bought in because he's cuter than Arnold, Arnold, because Arnold grew up, you know, stupid. Um, they were like, you know, they always like that's what Cosby used to do. It's really sad for the kids. And they bring in a cuter kid who calls arnold sir anyway the kid gets kidnapped by this guy who lost his family no lost a kid of their own him and his wife and his kid they live in a somewhere upstate and they lost a kid so he goes down to the city to kidnap a kid and make him part of the family it's real fucked up and they kidnap sam and he's yelling at him he goes listen son i'm gonna kill your parents if you you know spill any of this stuff and i'm like what the what kind of show is this? I'm going to kill your parents. Do you understand? I don't know who this is for. I guess it's just a way of saying, please don't talk to strangers like ever. So you're not going to believe this. And again, you're going to want to see the bonus show for this. I would sign up for Patreon now. Can you find it on your own? Maybe, but you're going to need me to get to the exact part of this. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, why am I watching this? And now I got to wait for part two so I can see how he gets, how it ends. Now I feel like an idiot because I'm like, I really, really, I've got to sit through this and then watch it. I'm like, I'm so, I'm like, I hate myself. I hate my life. I, I just hate, I am a sad, lonely person that that just doesn't deserve to live. I mean, that's how bad it was that I realized that I'm like, if I don't know how it ends, this is going to be bad. I watched the second part, and Mr. Drummond puts out a reward. He goes on TV to put out a reward for his uh, now newly adopted son, the third son he's adopted. And he's on a news show, and they're like, and the news anchor goes, thank you, Mr. Drummond. If any of you have seen Sam, they show a picture of Sam, and and I and I showed this to a, a tell the other night on Russ's birthday because I, I just, and we didn't even need the sound. You just have to see the zoom out. So the news anchor is going. This is this is something that happens a lot, and we're trying to bring attention to it. If anybody has seen this kid, 
while we're on the subject and they zoom out and they cut to a police officer, a black police officer with a ventriloquist dummy on his left hand side, a black ventriloquist dummy. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, wait, was I not paying attention? Did I doze off? And the cop and the dummy are there to, I guess he's again, showing kids awareness of not talking to strangers, but just like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Is this supposed to be serious? And they go, so whatever the dummy's name is, listen, Ted, you know, you shouldn't talk to strangers. And he's like a horrible choice. Why not? Because it's not right. And think bad things can happen. Like what? It's like, this, I got it. I'm like, this is not happening. This is the greatest. Now all of a sudden it's the greatest day of my life. Cause I'm like, I have to call David tell immediately. I mean, this is how we bonded when we were kids. And I and I'm gonna find it online so I can show it to him on Wednesday night when we go out, which I did. And I wasn't sure if everybody would be still enough to do, but it was it was that good where I didn't even need to put on the sound. It's the wide shot. And I will show you on the bonus show. I will show you on the bonus show, and you will understand how unbelievable <laughs> this was. And if I could be honest, um, it made my night. I mean, really. Sometimes a TV show like that. Remember, I every on Saturday night. Sometimes remember the 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 one with um, Facts of Life, and and they, Tootie goes into prostitution. I mean, some of this stuff, and this is the kind of stuff. Of course, I'm teaching in class, and I'm like, the '80s were so fucked up. On these, you know, quote comedy shows, they have these lessons. Well, you you know, a stranger might not just be a friend; it might be somebody who's trying to harm you. All right. It, 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 you'll see, and then all will be explained. So, normally, as you know, on Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes I'll cook on Saturdays and eat on Sundays and whatever I can do. But I didn't do it this Saturday because I don't. I guess I had too much to do, and I'm like, cooking for me when I'm is a time killer, and I need I needed to do work. So I'm like, well, maybe Sunday. You know what? I'll just go out and get some spaghetti. That'll just cost me ten bucks. $70 later. I don't know what happened over there. I mean, I guess I, I I bought some coffee for the next day and something, but 70 bucks, spaghetti sauce. I guess I had some cheese. Crap. Oh, it's really getting frustrating. I know you guys are all going through the same thing. Every time I think I can have a 10 to $20 meal at $70, $80, my God. And now, you know, this thing, this congestion pricing that's in the city, if you live below 59th Street, they're going to charge you an extra 15 bucks. I know I've told you about this already. It's it's just getting bad. It's getting worse by the minute in that sense. Brenda Vaccaro for Playtex Tampons. I think it's important to know the facts about tampons, to use them intelligently, and to know what you're doing. Let me tell you why I like Playtex best. Only Playtex tampons have a double-layered design. I like that. And Playtex knows we're not all the same or want the same kind of tampon, so you can choose the one that's right for you. I like that, too. And I like knowing you just can't buy a better tampon protection than Playtex tampons or Playtex deodorant tampons. And that's the truth. Playtex, a name I can count on, and so can you. So that all being said, where is this going? Well, on Monday, I went to this Russian, I think it's called Russian Savoy restaurant. Alina had planned this. We had reservations for months. Or maybe a couple of weeks, whatever. 
on Monday night at this Russian place on, I don't know, 54th and 8th, I think. And they were going to play Sinatra songs and do all this stuff. I still feel like I got duped, but whatever it is, I go there with Alina and her husband, John, and this girl, Vivian. And I'd never met Vivian. She's another nurse, and she was quite delightful, I will tell you that. And she loves Broadway. And so we definitely hit it off. Or maybe she was like, oh, I hit it off with your gay friend. Huh? I don't think he's gay. He's not? Anyway, we went to this place, and it was... Uh, they were, you know, already singing when I went in and stuff. And this guy Sinatra, he was horrible, but they had a female singer too. It was good. Anyway, I don't even know. It was very nice. And they have all Russian food. Like I was looking at the menu. I'm like, this all looks horrible. But I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to be Dave Jessica. I'm going to try everything. It's going to be great. And everything was really good. But when we got there, John goes, hey, you know, the last time I was here, I saw Brenda Vaccaro, the actress, Brenda Vaccaro who is uh, long dead. And I said, oh, I remember her from those tampon commercials from the 80s where she was like, <gasps> and everybody was making fun of her breathing back then. Remember you're talking about the one who was always like, hi, I'm Brenda McCarr. <gasps> and you know, sometimes what I like about tampons, is, <gasps> and everybody remember those commercials. I'm pretty sure Andrea Martin made fun of them on SCTV. I'm Brenda Vaccaro. I'd like to speak to you about something that means a great deal to me. <laughs> protection, feminine protection. And I like that. Personally, I need something that I can come. So. Hi, Brenda. That was terrific. Just one sec. Who's on sound? Can we do something about that breathing? She sounds like a seal in heat. I don't know. Put a filter on it or something. Okay, let's take two, dear. Brenda Vaccaro, take two. <clears throat> no. <laughs> now they just cut the sound on her. Cut, cut, hang on. What kind of filter was that? How am I doing, George? Fine, Brenda, fine, Brenda. Will the sound man please cut the breathing out? She sounds like a moose with sinus problems. <sighs> okay, Brenda, honey, try it again and go right to the end this time. Thank you. Brenda Vaccaro, take three. I'm Brenda Vaccaro. I'd like to speak to you about something that means a great deal to me. Protection. Oh, they cut out the unit. That's funny. <laughs> and I like anyway, uh, that was Andrea Martin doing uh, Andrea Martin you can hear Rick Moranis uh, being the sound guy and they were making fun of that ad because that and that's why I know because everybody knew about that hi I'm Brenda Vaccaro <laughs> that's the way Andrea Martin was doing it but otherwise it was like, <gasps> and you could hear it on the thing and it was weird we all used to make fun of it and I'm like yeah that's the one she just goes like this hi I'm Brenda and then I go and they're all looking at me and I'm like she's behind me isn't she and they're like yes oh crap and she was like, I thought she was dead. She's not dead. And she was directly behind me. And she goes, I hear you talking about me. And we're like, oh, my God, we love you. And and she goes up and hugs John. I was just saying, like, he covered ever. Oh, my God. Thank God. It was so embarrassing. I I I don't know whether she whatever. She's 86. So who knows if she heard anything? She actually looks really good. I got a picture of her and John together. She was thrilled that we were mentioning her name at all. And I guess she hangs out at this place all the time. But uh, <laughs> it's better like, I'm telling you, this guy is the worst son of a bitch I've ever met in my life. And I'll tell you why. He's behind me, isn't he? Oh, it's one of my favorite gags. I can't even believe it. So that was hilarious. Meanwhile, we ordered this herring for starters and caviar 
like crepes caviar. I ordered a martini. I had two martinis. They were actually pretty good this time, whereas that other place was awful. And it was pretty good. Like, it was fun having the appetizers. And then me and John ordered a chicken Kiev and beef stroganoff. That was, they were both fantastic. I, I was just as surprised as you were when this Russian food is all so horrible. You're like borscht. We give you borscht. Then they had borscht, but um, that was too much. But it was very good. And then we just got tea for dessert and maybe some sort of uh, dessert. But this tea, and it, it, it looks amazing. It was delicious. Instead of getting coffee, tea was uh, really, really good. So it was a really fun night. Like I said, the uh, girls think it was good. But the, the whole experience was fun. And the fact that it was on a Monday. So I went up to this other room. Alina just goes, go upstairs. See what the upstairs is. And it was like a big screen TV. And the owner came up and she goes, isn't this a great room? I'm like, it is. She goes, yes, we have parties here all the time. I'm trying to do Russian, but I, it always sounds like the guy who hit me. Uh, with the car, but they have partners all the time here. You should come. Now I'm doing German. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, so I talked to her for like 20 minutes, and I'm like, I, I want to have a party up here. Apparently, a lot of the hockey players come up there because they're Russian. So they're like, oh, they bring the Stanley Cup here all the time. Well, I don't know who. I mean, I guess not the Rangers or the Devils or the Islanders. Nobody's won a Stanley Cup in over... 30 years now. Well, the Devils would be the last one in this town in 2003. So, well, that's that's exactly 20 years ago, yeah. But anyway, it was a fun time and then we I walked them to the subway and I walked past Back to the Future uh, on Broadway and I took a picture under the, uh, next to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance poster. Oh, of course. Uh, some rhythmic ceremony. I don't, I don't know what it was. I was trying to do it, but it doesn't look very. It doesn't look as good as the imitation I was doing, whatever that was. Hey, Doc, what's happening to you? I've been irradiated, so stay back. Stay way back, or you will be too. Doc, you gonna let me help you? Doc, you're dying. I'll go to the hospital. I'll get an ambulance. County hospital, two miles away. I'll drive like the wind, Doc. Uh, don't drive 88. Don't drive 88. Whatever you do, don't drive 88. So on Wednesday night, we have plans to go out for Russ Maneev's birthday party. Russ Maneev's 70th birthday party. I'm kidding. The Russ Maneev, yes, that we had on last Tuesday on the show with his famous inter intermittent fasting, but it was an eating day for him. So he's going back and forth on where to go because he's trying to appease Dave Attell. And I said, Russ, it is your birthday. What is your deal? You obviously don't want to go to a place... But he, he, I don't know what it is. And he doesn't take shit from Mattel, but he was really trying to appease him. It was the strangest thing. So we go to the horrible old homestead. The old homestead stinks. And we've been there multiple times, and I 
fucking hate it there, but it's right next to Attell's house. And for some reason, Russ on day on Russ's birthday wants to make Attell happy. I don't know what his story is. Nick never gets back to us, so we don't know what the hell happened there. And I said, well, you know, that's the day I'm supposed to go out with Artie's sister, Stacy Lang, because it's the first Wednesday of the month that we go to this Italian restaurant. We've never done it before, but we're supposed to go every first Wednesday of the month at some place in Jersey. So why don't you call her because they're friends. And he goes, yeah, maybe Artie will come out. I'm like, well, if you want to get Artie to come out, then we should go to Dino and Harry's in Hoboken because then maybe he would come out because that's closer to Artie. But anyway, he didn't come out. But Stacy did, and she kept calling me, and she's like, are you going to Russ's thing? I'm like, Russ is having a thing? And then she had to call Russ and be like, ooh, was Jessica not invited? He goes, he's fucking with you. And I go, yes, I'm fucking with you. Um, she goes, should I really go? And I'm like, yeah, of course. She's like, oh, I don't want to interrupt Guy's Night. And I'm like, first of all, Guy's Night blows. <laughs> and secondly, uh, you're completely invited. And Russ invited you. She's like, not without Artie. I'm like, that is so untrue. We didn't expect Artie to show up. So I have to convince her. And of course, she is just an absolute delight. So, you know, and Atel likes her too. So it's not a problem. If it was like a girl like that was at Atel's birthday, that would not be good. But everybody likes Artie's little sister. But I, I, I fucking hate the old homestead. I hate it. Now, meanwhile, we're sitting there and Atel again is rushing everybody. He's rushing everybody. He's like, yeah, no, no, we can order everything now. And, and, and I know Russ is like me and wants to have a drink and relax and take our time. And he's just, I'm like, Russ, he's ordering too fast. Are you okay with it? He goes, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, and then I, I, later I talked to him. I'm like, I don't understand. On my birthday, you slowed him down. And I appreciate it. He goes, I don't know. I do it for other people. I don't, for me, I, I don't know. I mean, he's just doing it again. I'm like, what is his? I mean, we know he doesn't want to be there, but it's like, it's Russ's birthday. Why can't you just relax a little bit? Okay, we're going to order a lot. Is everybody ready? And again, you know, you just want to have a drink and relax a little bit. It's eight o'clock. We know the place is closing soon because New York sucks. But the old homestead really stinks. It's not like Wolfgang's or any other state place. It blows. It just absolutely blows. And this waitress was a goddamn idiot. The stupid, there you go, a waitress. It's usually a man. Now, some of them are idiots too, but I don't know how they got a girl in there because most steakhouses are guys. Now, I would prefer a woman steak place because it's much more fun, but she sucked. I mean, she was awful. And so I think I ordered, like, you know, I, you know, everybody knows I like to get a shrimp cocktail. Everybody knows this. And at that place, it's the place they do it at Dino and Harry's too. I, I didn't realize it's per shrimp, you know, it costs $10, I think. So I got four. So already my shrimp cocktail is 40 fucking dollars. I didn't even realize that. I, I got confused. They were actually too giant. You know, like it was like problematic to eat. God damn, they were delicious. I guess I could have had just two, but who are we kidding? It's, uh, it's fantastic. And they had just a whole thing of horseradish and cocktail sauce. And it was really on fire. It was really good. But that was stupid. Anyway, the lady takes the uh, our order, and she's not writing it down. And I'm like, she's going to fuck this up. And then later she goes, wait, how'd you order your steak again? I'm like, medium. And then, of course, it just comes out rare. And I, my steak was awful. I mean, just awful, undercooked, horrible. Uh, I mean, it tasted good, but it was so not 
done. And it's, just, you know, it's awful because that's the thing. I like, want to get the porterhouse. Nobody wants the porterhouse. Russ likes getting the, uh, he always likes getting the filet mignon. I don't like getting the filet mignon because it's really small. And I like a big steak, right? If you're going to get steak, get steak. So, and he's like, oh, this is really small. Like, so him and Atel, I think both got, they were disappointed. Um, I can't remember what Stacy got. I think she, oh, she got a hamburger, but no bun or anything. I'm like, that seems pointless. But, you know, she takes care of herself. She's in very good shape. Her and Russ both used to do intermittent, intermittent fasting. So, yeah, it's just so annoying. You know, he come back and and I said, here's what I want. I want a strip of bacon. She didn't bring a strip of bacon. She didn't bring a strip of bacon. And Attell, again, paid for everything. He, he shouldn't do that, but, you know, thank God he did. But I'm just saying, I wanted to look at the checks. Yeah, I guarantee the bacon was probably on there. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, this waitress sucked, and it just pisses me off. Yeah, it's, it's, the place is too expensive to fuck up. You know what I mean? You're going to charge these exorbitant prices. You better get it all right. And you better write it down and not come back and ask questions. You know what I'm saying? You are charging way too much money to not have the perfect experience. Am I wrong on this, people? I don't think I am. When you're charging that much money, it's completely unacceptable to have a flaw. I mean, every once in a while you have a flaw, but you got to come over and apologize. She never came over to apologize or anything. The drinks took way too long to come over. It was just really bad. Then the dessert, we were doing desserts. Of course, I get the ice cream, the hot fudge sundae. Russ and Dave both want chocolate cake. They're like, all right, let's get two. She only brings one. She's sucked. I don't know. And I think, and I think it's held tipped her extremely well because she didn't come over and say thank you. And, and he was pissed and Russ was pissed. Like, what the hell? What would somebody not come? I mean, you left an extraordinary tip and you're like, all right, fellas, see you. I mean, God damn. All right, I didn't pay for it, so I can't get upset about it. I just hate that place. I hate that place. The old homestead should go out of business. It stinks. It stinks. It just happens to be on 15th and 9th, so I guess it's convenient for, I don't know what. Well, Atel had a spot at the cellar after, but I, I don't know. That place sucks, and we could have gone anywhere else. And all I know is that Russ really wanted chicken parmesan. So I have no idea why he's appeasing David Tell. It's not like one of the younger comics who would be this excited about having David Tell and going out to dinner with David Tell. That I can understand. But Russ and me, you know, we we Tell's our our friend and and we like him, but we don't take shit from him. It just it, I don't know why he was trying to make him happy on his birthday. I mean, maybe I do the same thing for a little I but 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 I don't also. I don't know. We don't want to make him angry. But, you know, it is Russ's birthday. Russ, all he wanted was chicken parm. And then he chose a steak place for the life. And I gave him three, four places. I said, I can get us a reservation in Arthur and Sons, which is exactly what you're talking about. And it's right near a town. It's right near the cellar. I can get a reservation at this Dino and Harry's, which is right near where Artie lives. I mean, come on. Meanwhile, uh, Stacy just told us Artie's not doing that well. Although he's lost weight and he's fixed his nose, he ain't doing that well. And it's a major bummer. I got to go out and see him. I got to go out and see him. We got to get this guy back. We got to get him back. I said, you know, I said, you know, he's got to go on a schedule because I know I would be like him if I didn't have a job. I'd be a mess. I'd never leave the house. It, it gets pretty bad. And it's hard to do stuff, but you need a schedule. And I don't know what kind of schedule. I guess if I didn't work, I would just have a schedule. I'm like, okay, every day at 11, I leave the house and walk around the block. Or 
go to the diner or I meet certain friends on certain day. Like I would have to plan a schedule when I, if I can ever retire, I would have to do something because otherwise I just wouldn't leave the house. I just wouldn't. I know me. And he's in that rut. And he said, well, can't he just like kind of at 11 o'clock every day, walk around the block. And she's like, we've tried. He just, he just can't get on a, a routine because you need a routine when you're down, you know, I'm trying to work everything out. But hopefully everything will be okay. And it was nice to, it was still a nice dinner with friends. So I didn't have anything for Russ. I forgot to get a card because couldn't make up his mind and all this stuff. So I was just like, I don't know. I wasn't thinking of it. And then I was thinking of work and I'm like, all right, let me get home. And then I was like, I can come home and I can take a nap. But I also want to practice my lecture for Wednesday. So I just had all this stuff. So I, I wasn't, ah, I hate going in empty handed. I mean, I hate going in empty handed. So I got lucky. Because where the old homestead is, where the Chelsea market is. And the Chelsea market is kind of interesting. It's an indoor place, and it's got a bunch of places. A lot of places are closed, but so it was nice and warm in there, so that was something. And I went in, and I'm like, well, maybe there's something I could find really quick. And there's a chocolate shop there, and they had chocolate in letters. Like You get the alphabet letters, and I just got them an M like the Mary Tyler Moore show, but for Maneve, just so I don't have to come in empty handed. And, you know, I bought it. It was stupid. I just, I didn't have time to get a card or anything. So, you know, you just hate going in empty handed. So at least I was able to get him something because I really hate that. A lot of times I'll get people's, I'll get lottery tickets or something, but I just couldn't find a place nearby where we were. And at least I got lucky and just got him a little something so i felt better about myself and then i believe i walked home from there because yeah i did because i needed to walk off that meal and that brings us to class on thursday and class was really i don't know if it was fun i'm, I'm upset with myself and the way the lecture wasn't maybe as powerful as it was the uh, day before plus i got a whole bunch of people that just aren't taking the quiz you know it's mandatory just a little multiple choice quiz and like i'm like why didn't you take it and i i like to roast them and that that's their punishment when they come in and it's like why aren't you taking the quiz and they their answers are just horrible so i don't know what to do anyway this week i said okay here's the assignment for this week you're all going to watch four different movies and here are the groups i break them down into groups i told you about this so i don't know whether i told you the movies that the movies are for 1980 the blues brothers they seem to be excited about it. 1981, Cannonball Run. And they got excited about that, too. I, or maybe it was just two people. I, I don't know. They got excited. I thought they would all be booing that one because that was kind of the gag. 1982, Tootsie. And 1983, Valley Girl. I am very excited to see what their reaction is. And the assignment is that they have to explain, you know, seven people have to explain it to the other 21 kids what valley girl is about but in like two sentences there's there's i think there's six topics you got to cover two sentences and describing it to your fellow students would it be considered an 80s movie what is there a scene that you liked and or found insulting considering our climate these days who was the hero and what did he or she want that's one of the other professors who told me about that one. That's good, right? That's now that's how something you got to answer a good question. That that's an assignment. This guy's good. I love this guy. Guy. 
he, he's like, ask him that question. I'm like, oh, that's good. And of course, would you recommend this movie to your fellow students? So fun time. They're on a reading class next week. So that gives me a day off, which I told them. I'm like, and it gives me a day off to not put together a lecture. So I made it very clear and honest. And uh, then we didn't go out on Thursday because I don't know. Everybody was busy. And then I had the funeral the next day, which, of course, I just should have stayed at my sister's and gone because it was like right by our house. I'm like, God damn, I didn't think of it. I was so confused. I don't know what happened, but I'm excited about those films. In the meantime, I got home and this movie from 1978 called Pretty Baby with Brooke Shields was on. So I start watching. I'm like, well, I've been dying to see this because we keep talking about Brooke Shields in, in class and the Blue Lagoon and Endless Love and she's always naked. And, and then I want to see this movie where I know she got naked, but I'd never seen it when she was like 11 or 12 and you know, definitely talks about it in her book. Like this shouldn't have happened. My mother sucks. And I'm like, I got to see this movie. And I guess in a way I say, I want to see Brooke Shields naked, which isn't the right thing to say, but I got to see this movie that everybody's talking about. Louis Maul is a director and I think she's mad at him and she's mad at everybody. And so the weird thing, this movie is, it's quite fascinating. It's obviously hard to watch in this day and age where this girl is like 11 or 12 and, kind of being a prostitute it's it's difficult to watch but it's kind of good that it's made because we know this existed but and the balls to put it on film so susan sarandon is her mother and she's a prostitute and she has a kid and just you know she grows up in this brothel with this kind of crazy lady that runs the brothel in new orleans in the 1900s in the early 1900s and uh you know it's it's Brooke, Brooke Shields was unbelievable. I mean, she was really good, like as an actress. She was, uh, it was quite surprising. I, I can't believe I'd heard about this movie for so long and never seen it, but obviously it's a little disturbing. And, but I got to say, it was very interesting. And you know, it's probably based a little bit on a true story. It's not like this never happened to anybody, it's just hard to capture on film. And I'm pretty sure, like I said, Brooke Shields was pretty angry at her mother later because that's one of those things. But they also said, I remember hearing like the mother was a, a terror on the film and they hated her. That, that's what everybody said about Brooke Shields mom uh, later, which I think again, um, SCTV made fun of her <laughs> again too. Those guys were the best. And that's where all my comedy history comes from. Oh, speaking of which we were talking about my next semester course and I'm like, well, can I just do this again? He's like, Oh, we don't like to do it one after the other. And I'm like, Oh, I get that. Because a lot of the same people like to take it. So we're thinking about the history of television. But I don't know because I don't want to talk about television in the 50s. I'm not interested in television in the 50s. Television in the 50s sucked. It's just, you know, I definitely talk about it in the 70s and stuff, but it all sucked. But you know how I love television, so it's confusing. Maybe I'll call it the end of network television, and that way I can do a history on it, but I don't know if that's a full, well, it should be a full semester class. But now I know I can teach anything, I guess, because I'm putting that Broadway thing together for my mother or my mother's home or whatever. And uh, definitely finding out some really interesting stuff as I go. So, and definitely the history of television is interesting now that it's dying out, or at least network television is, but I don't know how we started talking about it, I guess, because I was telling them about the Cosby show and I told them, Hey, do you remember what they put on ABC put on to combat the Cosby show, which of course is 
you know, Snow White and Prince Charming getting married and having kids. It was called the Charmings. He's like, oh my God, I forgot about that. And he's like, you should do a course in that. And I'm like, yes. So I don't know. Obviously, I want to keep teaching. I'm enjoying it, even though these kids are awful. <laughs> and it's funny when I meet with this professor, you know, oh, you'll find out they're awful. And obviously, they're good kids. It's just when they don't do the work and I'm sitting here and missing things and working really hard to put the lectures in and all that kind of stuff. And then people say, I can't come to class. I don't have time to do the quiz. My son. So my son, you know, like, I, I don't know where we are now. But they're all good people. And uh, what are you going to do? This is I'm sure I was the same way in school with the excuses and all the nonsense. You it's kind of like being late. You don't realize it's disrespectful until you're older. What are you going to do about kids that are 20, 21? They don't get it. I didn't get it. I can't be two-faced, even though I am two-faced about a lot of stuff. But at least I know I'm two-faced about a lot of stuff. So I think that's why people give me a pass sometimes. <gasps> Especially when they're talking about Tampa. <gasps> Tampa. Hello, I'm Vendor McCutt. <gasps> you know, a good tampon for me is always... <gasps> She's behind me, isn't she? Uh, come on. Now, that's hilarious stuff. Now, who else is that going to happen to except just go in the city? And that about does it for this week's episode. So next week, I don't know. I think I have stuff going here. Can't think of the moment right now. But there's plenty of stuff. Tuesday show tonight. Well, the Super Bowl will be after this is on. So either I'll be uh, depressed or happy. Alana and I are going to see Paul Lauren again at that restaurant uh, next week. I'm a Chanel Omari will be my guest. She's really cute uh, tonight on the Tuesday show. Obviously, stupid pet tricks will have happened by now. So all this will have happened already. So lots to discuss next week on another exciting episode of Just Gal the City. Get on, everybody.